Happy New Year, Rafer. Happy New Year to you, Kristen. Hey, do you have a whole bunch of holiday cards piled up in your house from everybody from yes. during the holidays? Yes, I do. Pictures. Do, 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 do you send out holiday cards too? I do. Do you send out the big thing where it's like a list of all of your awesome accomplishments of the year? Where no. It's kind of like a newsletter? Like, <laughs> No, I don't because really what would, what would my accomplishments be? You have so many accomplishments this year. I'm glad you think so. Yeah, so many. But I do like I, – and, and even, though you're, you're, even though you are gently mocking the, the informative uh, Christmas letter, uh, I like getting those. I like getting those from people and seeing what everyone's up to. I think it's cool. I think some of them can be great. It just depends on the tone and <laughs> tenor and so I feel on. that perhaps you've received a few. That you are miffed about. Some of them are fine. Some of them are, <laughs> yeah. Some of them. Yeah. So the reason we're talking about letters, though, because we, in addition to receiving all the great holiday letters we do in our personal lives at home, and clearly you send them out also, Rafer. Yes. Um, I'm too lazy to. But we also <laughs> we also get lots and lots of listener mail from our wonderful movie daters all yes. the time. Yes. And we don't usually get around to answering all of our movie date letters and. There are movie therapy questions. There are trivia answers. There's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people write and call into us. So today, for the new year, we're dedicating this whole episode to listener mail. Yes, indeed. Uh, so before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway, and this is Movie Date. What is our first letter? Our first letter from Aaron on our Facebook page. Remember, that's facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast. Aaron writes, I've been in school since August, and I'm finally done with a semester. Can you offer some suggestions of movies either still in the theater or just released on DVD that will help me fill in the movie gaps I've had over the past four months? I tend to lean towards documentaries, foreign films, dramas, horror, and sci-fi. Forgive me, Rafer, for not calling in. Aaron, you're forgiven, but it is better when you call in. 5717 <laughs> movies, but you are forgiven. Um, interesting interesting list of interests that Aaron has there. Documentaries, foreign films, horror, horror, sci-fi, and drama. Aaron, I get the feeling you don't like comedy. That's the, that's the, that's the one glaring omission from your list. No um, romance? No romance. I don't blame you. Most romances oh, are bad. Oh, they're so good. I, well, love, I love a good romance. Uh, Aaron, you're probably expecting me to recommend to you the new film that's coming out today, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, uh, not actually a sequel to Paranormal what? Activity. It's it's called a spinoff. I don't know why they've done that. Kind it's, of like what Laverne and Shirley is to Happy Days? L- Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> <laughs> Joey loves Chachi. Exactly. It's something like that. Um, uh, this is the Latino-oriented uh, version of Ooh, Paranormal Activity. Ooh, your people. Activity. That's my peeps. Uh, should we play a quick clip? Yeah. Jesse! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. Jesse! Ah! What's wrong, Jesse? Are you Jesse? Uh, are you okay? Yeah. Jesse, what's happening? I won't bother explaining the plot to you. It's if you've seen any of the other paranormal activities movies, just think of that movie only with. Latinos. And uh, actually, the cast is a lot of fun. And, and, you know, they have some good moments. Uh, Once again, it's all handheld documentary-ish footage, some magic, some rituals, some, you know, mystery. And again, as usual, the plot makes no sense. It's all total nonsense. And it all falls apart at the end. 
it's okay. It's a decent enough horror date if you're feeling a little desperate for a horror movie, I guess. It's not anything great. Um, so that's my I'm – just, I'm just knocking that off there, Aaron, because you mentioned that you are a horror fan. But more importantly, you are in luck uh, because Kristen and I have compiled each of us our top 10, our top 10 films of the year. We have some overlap. Some. I'm really surprised by your list. And some disagreement. <laughs> because most of your movies suck. <laughs> There's one on your list that I think cancels out every other movie I on think, my list. Oh, my God. I just want to throw down with you right now. Rayford. We're doing it. We're doing it. But it's, and it's all, it's all if we emerge bloody from this, it's all because of you, Aaron. Let's start at the bottom and work our way toward the top. What is your number 10 film? All right. We're going to do the speed date style, which means for listeners of the podcast, you already know this. We're going to do each movie in one minute. So uh, the best we can to try and cram our reviews into one minute. Some of these movies you've already heard about before. So here we go. My number 10 movie, About Time. Now, this movie, I know you love, Rafer. It's about romance. It's about realizing that living in the present is really the greatest gift of all. You know, the past is history. The future is a mystery. Today is a gift, and so we call it the present. And that is the lesson we learned from About Time, a romantic comedy from the people who brought us Notting Hill, Love Actually. Yes. Yeah, and, and in this one, we have the lovely Rachel McAdams. We have that wonderful redheaded guy whose name I can't remember. Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason, so great. And and we have Bill Nighy. All all very charming, um, and I like them all. And, and of course, I would just say it's completely British charm overload for oh, me in delicious, this movie. Delicious, delicious And the plot just makes absolutely no sense. The oh, time travel perfect. makes no sense. But, you know, so so be it. So that's that was one surprise. Yeah, about <laughs> from time you. is my number 10. Good, good, good day. It was one of my best-reviewed movies of the year, I realized. I know. That's completely bizarre. My number 10 is Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen Brothers film uh, with Oscar Isaac as a struggling folk singer in the 1960s. I really liked this film. Um, It's been a little bit polarizing. Uh, Maybe I'm just thinking of you because you did not like it, Kristen. Oh, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Watching a horrible person be horrible to people. He's so grumpy. He's so cocky. He thinks he's so great, but he's just a terrible person. I think he is a flawed person. I don't find him terrible. Uh, he treats the cat very well. And uh, <laughs> We've gone over this. He can't even tell which cat is his in this movie. <laughs> but I think it's a really great movie for anyone that uh, has or has had a dream, a youthful dream of doing something creative. And it's about, I think, hard choices and facing facts and, um, you know, at what point do you call it quits? Um, It's sort of, it's the perennial question, I think, among any creative type. Call it quits 10 minutes in, please. This movie does not need to be over two hours. Just end it. End it. I loved it. All right. But here's one movie that we do agree on. um, The Act of Killing, uh, the documentary by Josh Oppenheimer. There are war criminals, Indonesian war criminals, who are still in power. Imagine the Nazis still being in power in Germany. People love these guys. They've tortured and killed people. And these guys did all of their acts of killing with the inspiration of American movies, cowboy movies, gangster movies, musicals. Musicals. Joshua Oppenheimer goes in there. He says, let's reshoot all of your acts of killing in these three genres. Let's have you play all the roles. Let's have professional lighting, hair, and makeup. Let's do the whole thing. Shabam. And they're acting out these terrible, terrible atrocities in these genres. And there are huge emotional changes that happen in the characters. It's so shocking. It's so yeah. strange. So brilliant. Yeah. I think I think it's unlike any documentary I've ever seen. And I think it is really 
corny thing to say, but it's true. It's a testament to the power of movies. It really shows you what movies can do for both good and evil. So for me, it was my number two. Um, I loved it. Brilliant. So let's move on to our next pick. So uh, you chose Ginger and Rosa. What's that all about? Yeah, Ginger and Rosa was my number nine. Yeah, you didn't like this movie that much either. I I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought the acting was great. I mean, who who doesn't love Elle Fanning? Exactly. Um, And uh, and Alice Englert as her friend. Just Um, terrific, yeah. They're a couple of, uh, you know, kind of sort of troubled on the margins of troubled teenagers in England um, growing up in the 60s. It's under the shadow of, uh, you know, nuclear, the nuclear holocaust, a lot of uh, activism going on. Uh, uh, Ginger is the child of liberal, of sort of liberal bohemian parents. And um, I, what I thought was fascinating about this film is that their liberalism and their bohemianism do her no good whatsoever. Not at all. And I no. thought that was a really interesting change from movies which usually show, you know, conservative parents cracking down on their kids and sort of driving the kids further from the nest. And here she stays in the nest and the nest turns out to be sort of a, a snake pit. And I just thought that was, a, it's a great movie, fantastic acting all the way around. Annette Benning, Oliver Platt, and uh, I thought it was great. You? I thought it was mediocre. Yeah. Great acting, but I thought, you know, it went everywhere I expected it to. So, unfortunately, hmm. mediocre date for me. Okay. So, I chose We Steal Secrets as my number eight movie. We Steal Secrets is the Alex Gibney documentary about Julian Assange, about WikiLeaks, about how uh, Bradley Manning, or Chelsea Manning as she is now, became involved in this whole story about the idea of transparency and when we're in favor of it and when that transparency comes back to bite us and how we might fight it in the case of Julian Assange, how we might fight it all the way when it involves your own sexual assault of other people who used to support you. And so uh, it's a fascinating character study. I really, really highly recommend this if you're interested in Julian Assange. Much, 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 much better than The Fifth Estate. Great date. Your next movie, Rachel. My next movie uh, is Blue Jasmine, uh, the Woody Allen film with Kate Blanchett. Uh, again, polarizing pick for us. You really did oh, not like I this movie. I hated it. You know what it does? It does what I hate about Lewin Davis times a thousand. You're taking someone who's so unlikable, being so mean you to everybody. You dislike the character. Who, yeah, yeah. Who's being kind. Everyone's being kind to her, and she's being awful to all of them. And unlike Lewin Davis, she doesn't even have a pretty singing voice or anything. <laughs> she's <laughs> drunk and singing in a diner, but she's not. No, no, no. I and she and she is, a, and she is, of course, a horrible person, which I think is the point. She plays sort of a Ruth Madoff type figure, uh, whose husband Alec Baldwin uh, has killed himself after a giant financial fraud. She's moved to San Francisco with her working class sister, Sally Hawkins. Um, but I think it is just a great, great character study. I think it's a fascinating way to approach the Ruth Madoff idea, someone that we don't know that much about. Um, I, I loved the film. That was my number six. And so you, right about here, what's what's your pick? All right. So my next pick, number seven, I'm going to give to The Spectacular Now. Yeah. Now, this is a movie we both liked, Rafer. I did like this. Not the, this much, though. <laughs> I just, you know how I picked everything? I looked back on what did I give the best reviews uh-huh. to. Yeah. And um, I gave a great review to this one. This is the story of two teenagers falling in love. They seem like a mismatch. He's the party guy. He's really popular, but he's kind of going nowhere, and he's actually an alcoholic. We have the girl. Shailene Woodley plays her, who is the good girl. She is going places. She's really not somebody who should be hanging out with a guy like this, but they somehow fall in love. They somehow become really entangled emotionally. They're very honest with each other in Mm -hmm. a way that you only are at this age. You actually see them not just go through this stuff, but change, and it's not all happy. It's not all romance. 
And I just thought it was incredibly smartly done, well-written, well-acted. I thought it was a great date. Yeah, and a, and a, a, and a very nice performance from Miles Teller uh, as, the, as the lead uh, character. Didn't quite make my top ten, but I liked the movie. Um, so, okay, so moving on. My number five is Don John uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a porn-addicted ladies' man. That was on my honorable mention my list. Honorable mention list. I really like Don John a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great movie. Great performance from Scarlett Johansson as uh, the girl who tries to whip him in sh- into shape. And um, also Julianne Moore, who shows up as this kind of unexpected older woman in his life. Uh, is she going to be a friend? Is she going to be something else? The movie never goes anywhere you expect it to go, but I think it's so great. It, it's, a, it's a comedy that has the impact of a drama, um, or maybe it's a drama that makes you laugh. I don't, I don't really know. It's just so smart. But I love the movie. It and it's up on you. Yeah, yeah, it really does, and it feels like a really personal, unusual movie. So for you, your number six was? My number six was your favorite movie of the year, Rafer. I think we fought about this more than God. any other movie this year, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Now... This is taking the old Thurber story and kind of turning it on its ear. We have I would Walter say Mitty. throwing it away. But okay. I would say taking it to the next <laughs> level. We have Walter Mitty who lives in his head, a, a real fantasy man, doesn't actually live life to the fullest, dreams of where he wants to be, what he wants to do. But you know what? In this story, he doesn't just continue living in his head. He decides to have a secret life that he lives in the world. He does it. He goes out there. And the stuff he does is unbelievable and spectacular, and it's hard not to cheer for him and to feel a little bit inspired because, <laughs> you know what? It's all out there. You, you I can, didn't find you it can difficult it not to cheer for him you, at all. You, oh, my God. <laughs> are we going to have to fight over this again? <laughs> will, will, we are we, not going to fight over this again. We spent half of the last podcast fighting over this movie okay. because you could not see the merits of this beautiful, inspirational I'll story, which I'll was a fantastic date, one of the best dates of the year. All right. Let's hear about your next... Happy, happy date. Let's hear about how happy your next date is. My, my next happy, feel-good movie is Captain Phillips. Oh, that's, it just makes you feel so good inside. That's my number four feel pick. so good inside. I love this movie. Um, it, Tom Hanks plays Captain Phillips, the real-life uh, captain of a shipping vessel hijacked by Somali pirates. Um, this, I just thought it was a, a new approach to the action thriller genre. It was a new approach to a story that could have been told in so many different ways. And and what I loved about this movie was that it gets you to really identify with and empathize, maybe not sympathize and certainly not forgive, but you empathize with the Somali no, pirates. They're painted like monsters. They're not that much different than the people in Black Hawk Down. Look at these dark faced monsters coming to shoot me. No, I yes, totally I, disagree. I just don't think that they did the best job they could with this. You I wanted really... it to be called the Brave Somali hero, <laughs> Heroes. You, want, you wanted it to be called the, the Fighting Victors of Somaliland. I want there to be a little bit more nuance. Nobody's black or white. We all have issues. We all have problems problems that we bring to the table. Some That's of us are armed Somali pirates. You wanted more sympathy for them. I don't get that. Yes. Okay. All right. Me. So my movie is also about dealing with um, adversity and about maybe people with guns. It's called The Heat. Yes. And this it's is my number shooting five men in the crotch, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I loved The Heat. Sandra I did too. Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. You and I, I'm surprised this wasn't on your top 10. You it was gave close. It, you gave it an outstanding review also. We it was very close. Them. So smart, so funny. There just aren't enough great comedies out there with two female leads, both of them being funny. And I just thought this movie had so much heart also. I, I totally I you totally know? agree. And I, it's hard for Melissa McCarthy to do anything wrong. She does everything right in this movie. I laughed and laughed and laughed. And I did actually cry a tiny, tiny bit, as you know. <laughs> I just 
thought it was great. Definitely uh, deserving of a place on my top ten list this year. I, t- I, t- I totally agree. It really, it really was a very near miss for me on that one. Um, okay, so we've disagreed quite a bit. Here is one that we can agree on. We both picked Frozen. Oh, love Frozen. Love it so, so, so much. Great, great movie um, about uh, a young girl whose uh, sister turns out to be a sort of a snow queen with uh, magical powers. She traps the kingdom in ice, and uh, this young girl has to go off and find the sister, solve the problem herself. It really is, to me, the first Disney movie I've seen that actually is pointedly, explicitly, purposefully feminist. In this movie, the girl gets to do everything. And I love that about it. Oh, I just loved it. And there's a big twist ending that you might not expect. The supporting characters are good fun. The singing's great. I mean, we have Adina Menzel and we have Josh Gad from Broadway. I mean, it's just a great, great, entertaining, rousing movie. Even if you don't think you like fairy tales, I think you're going to like this movie. I totally agree. Great, 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 great. All right, what's the next movie that we actually agreed on, We Christian? actually both agreed on Dallas Buyers Club. Matthew McConaughey, Jared Leto, starring in a movie about the early 1980s when the AIDS epidemic was just huge and it was scary and it was a death sentence and there were almost no drugs on the market. Matthew McConaughey is playing something of a drug runner, takes drugs internationally into the U.S. He sells memberships to what he calls the Dallas Buyers Club. All the members can have as many drugs as they want to by paying a $400 flat fee every month. Jared Leto ends up being his... Kind of, I don't know if you'd call him his assistant, his marketing director, right. <laughs> his, his public outreach person. They work as a team. And it's just an amazing story of seeing somebody transform themselves from being, in this case, uh, Matthew McConaughey is a bigot. He's homophobic. He's misogynistic. And he really comes to love Jared Leto and they work together. And that transformation is bigger than any health transformation or any health care or policy transformation in the movie. It's really about learning how to accept and love other people on a personal level. Yeah. Great I, movie. I, to- I totally agree. I really, I really love that movie. And again, it, to me, it's, it's a new way into the AIDS story to, to tell it from the point of view of a former bigot who never thought he would get stricken with this gay disease, I thought was really fascinating and, and a, 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 just a standout performance from, from Matthew McConaughey, who's just out He's, he's incredible. It's real, I really, I really so, can't find so the words for it, but he's great. Yeah. I love that movie. He's um, terrific. But let's talk about another movie that you and I don't agree on. Yes. Uh, Her, the Spike oh, Jones movie. God, my, that is me. my number oh. three. That is my number three. I and really, cannot believe how much you love this movie. I, I feel love like it. I cannot get you to shut up about this, Rafer. We've it's... been on multiple shows now talking about this movie. <laughs> You're constantly talking about how great this is. You and I have tangled about this all over WNYC. Um, I, this is the movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix as a man who falls in love with the voice of an operating system played by Scarlett Johansson. Siri. Siri. Right, people call it the Siri movie. I know, um, but the movie is not a joke. I think it is. It is serious. It is profound. Serious. Seri- <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Now I see. I've shot myself in the foot. Nice. Um, but I love the film. I just. I. It, it really. This could have easily been my number one or number two as well. Um, I just. I. I just think it's so thought provoking and such a different new approach to the old artificial intelligence story. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just endlessly fascinated by this movie. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was too long, too yeah, ambling, yeah. too boring, too repetitive. I, I wanted this to be a better date. But I chose a movie that I'm so surprised is not even on your top 10. Another near miss for me. Yeah, my number two movie, American Hustle. I'm so surprised this is not on your list. I'm a little surprised it's as high up as it is. Number two is very high. I thought it was great. 
great heist movie. It really just, it, it's so fun to watch. It gave me that very special Goodfellas feeling. It's like watching a music video. It's like yeah. watching Argo. Yeah. It's like everything that you love about going to the movies. You want to stand up and cheer. You're a little surprised. You're a little intrigued. Great character studies. I just loved this movie. I thought American Hustle was great. It Definitely ha- on my top ten. It's it, it, Really, there are a lot of great things to recommend it. Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Bradley Cooper, uh, all just fantastic. You know, it's set in the 70s. Great characters. Looks great. David O. Russell, the director. It, it's, it's, it's wonderfully energetic and vibrant. Somehow, even though I loved Silver Linings Playbook by him, somehow this movie just didn't quite have the heart or the 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 spirit that that one did. And I just sort of at the end of this movie felt like it really wasn't saying that much to me. But again, it was a near miss for my top ten. Mm. But we do agree on our number one pick yes, for we our both, top ten list. We both picked this for number one. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gl- I'm glad I'm glad to see that you that you picked it as well. That ma- that makes me think that maybe this movie still has some hopes for the Oscar because I feel that American Hustle is a real contender and could take it away. Yeah. But I love Twelve Years a Slave. It's the story, the true story, of a man who in uh, the mid 1800s, uh, before the Civil War, is kidnapped. He's a free black man, but he's kidnapped and sold into slavery for 12 years. And it's the story of how he survives that ordeal. And again, a new way into the slavery story. Absolutely, because everybody, all of us watching it are probably not slaves, probably have not been enslaved, probably have, like him, a family, friends, a life. And just entering the story, we can identify with him in a way that we just haven't in other slave narratives before. It's really just fascinating. And just technically, it's just a beautiful, unbelievably well-shot, well-constructed film, just Fantastic. That's that's really the reason ultimately that this one wound up on my number as my number one is because it was so artfully done in in a way that I just don't think you see movies done anymore. Um, it's just such a beautiful looking, well done film. So, all right, so we both agree on that one. Yeah. So that's our top ten list. And now, Ray, for a quick question before we move on to our next listener letter. Yes. Did you pick any of those just to uh, ruffle my feathers? Just to make you angry? No. <laughs> okay. I confess I might have chosen one or two just to ruffle you. yours. I know you did. I know it. <laughs> okay. You know why I didn't choose Don John and why I chose About Time? Why? Because I love making you mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as some kind of sick compliment. <laughs> I love making you happy too, but I really love making you mad. It's so fun making you mad, Rafer. Oh, all right. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next letter. It's a movie therapy letter uh, that was called in, which you'll love, Rafer, because you yes. love it when people call. What do they call, Rafer? They call 5717 Movies. It's not that difficult. <laughs> call. Call. Here we go. Here's Elena. Hi, Rafer and Kristen. It's Elena calling from Brooklyn. Uh, I was hoping you guys could help me out with some movie therapy. So I'm going to be moving away from New York in a couple months, and most of the time when I tell people this, they give me that really odd look of, why on earth would you ever leave New York? New York is the best place in the world. And I admit I'm feeling a little uh, anxious about my move. Is it the right decision? I don't know. So I'm hoping that there's a movie that is going to help me feel better. Uh, What I want to see is a movie in which somebody has left the city of New York to go live in another city, and they're much better off for it. Uh, I want this to be a recent movie. I don't want to see somebody leaving 1950s New York or 1970s New York. I want somebody to be leaving, like, 2000s-era New York. I hope you can find a movie for me, or maybe two. Thanks, guys. Bye. 
this is a high bar that that Elena has set. What are what are your recommendations for her? I would say number one, I'm going to recommend the heat, which we already just talked about in the story. Sandra Bullock leaves and goes to Boston, finds right. that she can have a great career there, a real solid friendship, emotional connections in a way that she never had in New York. She was a very, very well-respected agent in New York, FBI agent in New York. But she really found her happiness and her joy living in Boston. So that's number one on my list. Number two is eat, pray, love. We have Elizabeth Gilbert going off into the world to a lot of different places. She's going to India. She's going to Italy. She's going to Bali. She's eating. She's praying. She's loving. (laughs) She sure is. She's doing all that stuff. None of it's in New York. She's out seeing the world, enjoying it. Um, I think she's supposed to be late 30s, maybe early 40s. And just, you know, it's never too late to rediscover yourself, to try a new place and to have adventures. And you're going to find all sorts of excitement out there. And then I also chose another movie we just discussed, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Because Uh. he also leaves New York and goes out into the world. And I don't want to give away the whole plot here. You'll have to see Walter Mitty and you'll see how he goes and experiences the world. And um, Or you could just not. You could just not. (laughs) Go see that movie at all. Rafer. Oh, Rafer. <laughs> and then finally, just, just a good old rollicking romantic comedy, Sweet Home Alabama, starring Reese Witherspoon. She's a very successful New York fashion designer, and she's on her way up the social ladder. Big things are going to happen for her. But then she has to go back to Alabama, where she's originally from. She turned her back on Alabama at one point. She has to go back there to settle some business. And while she's there, she realizes, maybe Alabama's where I belong. Maybe there's a good life for me where I can really be much more myself here in Alabama rather than in New York City. So did you have any recommendations for Elena Rafer? Uh, I really can't top those, but Elena, I am going to recommend one film. Um, you you mentioned that you didn't want to see, uh, you know, the the kind of the old gritty the gritty New York films um, because, and I I know where you're coming from because because even those movies always make New York look like a cesspool, but everyone's all proud, right? Because we li- we're living here in this cesspool like rats and we're toughing it out <laughs> and the rest of you guys are a bunch of wusses. And so I, I, know, I know what you're saying. You don't want to see one of those movies that pretends to make New York look really awful. So I'm going to recommend a movie to you that really does make New York look awful. And I and, – and I, and I, and in, in, it's, it's, it's the only movie I've seen – where I really did think like, yeah, this place can be horrible. It's the girlfriend experience by Steven by Steven Soderbergh, starring the real life porn star Sasha Gray. And in this movie, and this is very recent. This was uh, mid. Was it last year? No, it was mid two thousands. Underseen. Uh, very few people saw it. It was quite polarizing. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it's a movie that captures New York right when the economy is collapsing and everyone is just grasping, angling, trying to get a little more money, a little bit better apartment, better shoes, a little more fame, a little more celebrity. Everyone's kind of looking for some kind of angle to play you or use you. They're all well-dressed. Everyone looks great. There's no grit. No one's complaining about, you know, life on the streets, which all just makes it even worse because you know these people. It really is one of those movies where you just think like, yeah, get me away from these people. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and But I think it's a really great, great movie. Um, and so that's my recommendation to you. That, that, can, that, can, be your, that can be your New York kiss-off, Elena. Nice. Nice. So um, we want to remind everyone, if you ever have 
issues in life, issues in the movies. Remember, you can always call our movie therapy hotline, 5717movies. Now, this isn't exactly a movie therapy question, but we have made fun of this listener in the past before. Um, we've, we, have, we have gently teased. We've gently teased. I would we, say. We love all of our listeners. We love having movie dates with all of you. But um, Minnie has called in many times yes. with trivia answers, or she's written into our Facebook page, facebook.com slash movie date podcast. And she always writes and calls in and says, now I'm calling in with the correct answer, but it's not from me. It's from my fiance, Michael Bianchi. Right. And um, we've joked with her about that before. Like, oh, does this guy actually exist? Is he, is he for real? So we got this call from Minnie. Hi, this is Minnie from Astoria, New York again. Um, my fiance, Michael, he is here. I'll prove that he exists. Hold on. And uh, that's it. Okay, bye. Well, Minnie, it sounds like he's real, I think. <laughs> is Barely. Proof? Is that proof, Rafer? Is that proof? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we will accept that. We'll accept we'll accept that as proof. Although I would I would I encourage I encourage Michael to step it up a little bit there. <laughs> Rafer just really wants to talk just and have show, a beer with Michael. Show a little Michael more Bianchi. spark there. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm saying. Okay. So that's 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 proof of the of the real fiance. Thank you. Thank you, Minnie. That that question has now been put to rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some other listener mail. We have somebody calling in response to last week's trivia question. Last week we played a clip of a holiday movie and the clip included an actor who appeared in another movie. We reviewed last week. That's so, right. Here's the clip of the movie. Hi. How about a quick Christmas pizza at Capone's before I drop you home? Jack, I don't think I could eat three pizzas. You said anything about three? Well, I got two of their offers. Oh, here we go again. The Delilah of the Five and Dime. And here is the right answer. Hi, Kristen Rafer. This is Rod from Mays Landing, New Jersey. I'm calling with the uh, answer to the trivia question. Keanu Reeves. And the movie was the 1986 made-for-TV uh, version of Babes in Toyland. That was uh, one of the toughest ones yet. I got Keanu Reeves right away, but I, it took a little while to figure out what he was in. Great job, Rob. Yes, yes, great, great job, job. We always uh, love it when people get those hard questions because, you know, that, that was a pretty hard question. That was a good one. That was yeah. a very good one. But this week... Because we have the theme of mail, listener letters coming in left and right, all your messages and mail, we have a trivia question that is kind of loosely related to mail. Yeah. We're going to play a clip of this film. Uh, if you can guess why we're playing this, tell us the title of this film. Bonus points to you, by the way, if you can explain why this film is called what it is. Neither of us have any idea. Right. I, have, I vaguely remember, but I just I can't remember why this film has this title. I but have here's, no idea. Here's the clip. Just a question. What would you pay a guy? Eight dollars. Room, board, and you say you like my wife's cooking. Your wife, huh? And here's a clue. It's the first movie that Ray Forever saw where people were having sexual relations on a kitchen table. That's correct. So That's correct. There, there's your extra hint on that one. <laughs> doesn't help anybody but okay yeah all right and name 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 that movie five seven one seven movies or log on to facebook.com slash movie date podcast and before we go 
We have some announcements to make. Yes, two Im- two important announcements. One is from you. One is one is a shout out that you wanted to oh give. Oh my gosh! Well, the game night guys, Curtis and Brian, they are so fantastic. Game night guys, you may have read about in the Onion AV Club and other places. They're very very popular. They're hugely popular for a reason because every podcast they play a game, usually an obscure weird board game like the Titanic game based on real deaths in the Titanic, <laughs> or the Laverne and Shirley game. How many dates can you rack up in a week? So they have a lot of really fun games they play, and you can play along while you listen to them. And they're just sweet and funny and hilarious guys. And so please listen to their podcast. But a couple weeks ago, they invited me to be a guest on their podcast to play the Planet Hollywood trivia game. Very good. I highly recommend. Go to GameNightGuys.com. Listen to this podcast because you will be so mad at me because uh, Rafer and I were always throwing trivia questions your way. But when they're thrown right back at me, oh boy, oh boy, maybe I shouldn't be playing trivia. Can, well, we, there's, that's the thing about both of us. We we can dish it out. We can dish it out, but can we take it? No, mm, I gosh. can't. Yeah. I'm terrible at trivia. But but I bet all the listeners, if you go onto gamenightguys.com, I think you will laugh and be able to kick our virtual asses playing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, playing this. So go to gamenightguys.com and. What's our other announcement, Rafer? Well, Kristen, our, our other announcement is that you and I will be making another live appearance. We're going to be hosting a singles mixer at the Green Space here at WNYC. Um, it's going to be for 40 and under. Uh, that excludes me. Oh, uh, you look like you're 25, though, though, so it doesn't um, matter. You're I mean, so I'm married, young I'm married handsome. anyway. Oh, um, oh, oh that's the bigger deal. And there is that. <laughs> But uh, so it's going to be for 40 and under, and uh, it's going to be Thursday, February 13th, 6.30 p.m. That's right at the Green Space, 44 Charlton Street, New York, New York. And, of course, you can always go to Facebook.com slash Podcast if you want the details. And we want to, again, just wish you a happy new year. And thank you, as always, for all the letters, for all the feedback, for all the listener movie therapy questions, and for always being our movie date. Thanks, everybody. Mailman.